Amelina Rudo. Welcome to Health Chat. On the program today, we take a look at tuberculosis and what is being done to help patients in Africa. But first, about 3,000 to 5,000 babies in the world are born with trisomy 21, or Down syndrome, according to the United Nations. Down syndrome is a genetic disorder caused by the presence of all or part of a third copy of chromosome 21. Experts say it is the most common genetic chromosomal disorder and cause of learning disabilities in children. The condition is usually associated with physical growth delays, mild to moderate intellectual disability, and characteristic facial features. In developing countries, access to resources for people with trisomy 21 is a big challenge. That's the case for a woman in Maputo who is confronted with many difficulties every day. Sergio Nambi reports from Mozambique. Here in the neighborhood of Bagamoyo in the city of Maputo, we discovered the story of Irene, a 19-year-old with Down syndrome. According to the Centers for Disease Control in the United States, Down syndrome is when a person is born with an extra chromosome. Instead of having the typical number of 46, someone with Down syndrome has an extra copy of chromosome 21, which alters body and brain development. Her mother says that it was in the first months after birth she noticed that her daughter was different. When we went to see the doctor to find out what my daughter had, he told us that she was not the only child with this disease. He recommended that we go to therapy. He also said that there were other children there, some in a much worse situation. At five years old, she started to take her first steps, and at seven, she was able to say a few words. Irene never went to school and she rarely interacts with others. She used to have therapy sessions at the hospital but stopped because of financial difficulties. We would go to the central hospital where we'd be given some toys and instructed to move from side to side, that's all. I ended up getting tired because it wasn't easy to hop on the taxi with her every day either. I couldn't work anymore. I didn't have the money to pay the taxi. Also, you know how these guys are. When they see you with a disabled person, they don't respect you. You end up waiting at the taxi stop forever. The United Nations estimates that each year about 3,000 to 5,000 children are born with Down syndrome and subject to various challenges, mainly in developing countries. <laughs> There are a lot of challenges, and there's pain in my heart. She's 19 years old, and she's still practically a baby. Sometimes we have to carry her. I have a small business, but I always have to come home to check on her. It's a complicated situation. My heart aches when I see other children running around. The family also deals with prejudice. Palmira says some people say that the daughter is in this situation because of witchcraft. She recently joined the cooperative called Luana Smeia Sorrisos, Restoring Smiles. The cooperative was created in 2017 in the city of Maputo and acts in the dissemination of information, awareness about rare and mental diseases in the country, as well as the empowerment of women who have children 
with special needs. Before the pandemic, mothers came here and left their children because some of them work. Those who remain in the cooperative have had activities and training. And another kind of empowerment that we provide is through training, basically information. Because they don't have much information regarding the care for these children, the type of food, the search of information about health and education, we give this kind of information and assistance. The United Nations says organizations like this one are important for people with Down syndrome to have optimal quality of life. To find out more on Down syndrome, we spoke with Dr. Abdul Baki Haliru Bashir. He works in the physiotherapy department at Mino Kano Teaching Hospital in Nigeria. He elaborates on the management of Down syndrome. So Down syndrome is a genetic condition. It is normally diagnosed in triatran life when a child is undergoing development either through amniocentesis. When you take the sample of the amniotic fluid, you can do genetic testing and you can find that additional chromosome at position 21. And normally you cannot prevent it. One is that the only prevention is the termination of the pregnancy, which normally happens in developed countries. We are not practicing that much because even the amniocentesis or self-free DNA testing, we don't have it available here. So you cannot detect it here actually. It's after the delivery, then you see the physical presentation the round face we see, then they have broad nose, short nose, this nasal bridge that is absent, absence of it. Then we have low set of ears, they have small feet, short neck. Apart from that, there are other features that you can find in patients with Down syndrome, like the heart affectation. They can have obesity, they can present with depression. The, the treatment of the condition is holistic management. Here in physiotherapy, normally they come because of functional affectation. They will have delay in sitting, delay in standing, delay in, delay in crawling. They come to for us to do give them exercise and facilitate those functional abilities. The biggest challenges of, of people with Down syndrome in Africa is the inclusion. Normally, they are neglected by their families, by their friends, and the society at large. They need to be included. They should be put in school of normal children. They should be treated as normal children and they should be included in the normal activities of the society. So without this inclusion, you are telling them you are not useful and we cannot benefit from you. So as such, we will not invest our time and resources. The government should recognize them as normal human beings. Teachers should be trained to take care of them because they are special people, they need special attention. Also, the families, they should invest in them. The treatment is continuous throughout the individual's life. Even if they are included, they have, let's say, they grow, they get married, and they are working as normal individuals, still they need psychological treatment because they are easily prone to depression and other psychological conditions. They can grow, get married, go to school, have jobs, and also participate in sporting activities. One Tunisian woman, Chaima Dadour, is considering her disability a blessing and helping children in similar circumstances through arts. This she does by holding workshops to instill in them the concept of perseverance and confidence. Despite congenital deformity in her fingers and legs, the Kwanun player and classical dancer has won many national and international awards. I was born with a congenital deformity in my fingers and legs. 
Since I was young, I was subjected to a lot of bullying and bad things from adults and young people. This bullying left me with a lot of sadness in my heart. But I was adamant and decided that the only way was to impose myself on these people so they can respect me and to have some kind of revenge at the same time from those who made fun of me or did not like me or did bad things to me, just to show them that I succeeded in something difficult because music and dance are difficult to succeed in. Ballet dancing using my toes was a lot more difficult than playing the kanun with my fingers because it was one of the things I sacrificed a lot for and had many surgeries on my legs. But it's one of the things that I love so much, that's why I was determined to learn it. And today, I'm very happy to graduate many world-class dancers. My cultural center is a big and old dream, and it was courageous of me when I opened it. I receive children with special needs and all other children, and I aspire through the center to teach all children art because it helps them gain confidence, ambition, and learn many human values. My experience with Shema was when she accepted Sarah. Because not all people can accept an exceptional child, but Shema believed in her. Using art and through music, dancing and drawing brings out the best in Sarah. Art has had a positive role in her life. Art is my life, my life, because I live with music and dance. This is what makes me happy and encourages me to do more, because they are also a responsibility. They are for me many things. I see that music and dance are the hardest, easiest and best work in life. You are listening to Health Chat on Voice of America. It is time for a short break. Don't go away. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Health Chat. We turn now to tuberculosis. It is one of the most infectious illnesses globally. TB kills more than 1 million people each year, according to the World Health Organization. The viral disease mainly affects the lungs, and symptoms include coughing, sometimes coughing up blood, chest pains, fever, and weight loss. It spreads when a person infected with active TB coughs or sneezes, and someone else inhales the expelled droplets, which contain TB bacteria. The global funds to fight AIDS, tuberculosis, and malaria is calling for governments to renew the fight against the respiratory illness. In South Africa, a hotspot for TB, a mobile screening team is trying to make up for disruptions from the COVID-19 pandemic. Linda Givertash reports from Johannesburg. Despite being treatable and preventable, tuberculosis is a leading killer in South Africa. During the coronavirus pandemic, testing for TB dropped dramatically with deadly consequences. Latoya Weiser's 32-year-old partner was among the casualties. His tongue, he was only saying, he's feeling bad, he didn't even taste the food. It's whereby I asked him, let's go to the clinic and test. It's whereby we find out that he's positive. 
Although Weiser's partner was on treatment for two months, he succumbed to TB last August. Testing did ensure their infant son was put on preventative treatment. Both Weiser and the baby remain healthy, but she struggles with her loss. I did wish, because if maybe we did find out sooner, maybe he would have still been alive. Her experience is not unique. An estimated 1.8 billion people globally are infected with TB, disproportionately affecting those in poorer nations. The Global Fund says development of new TB treatments has long stagnated, and the onset of the coronavirus has made matters worse. We have seen more than 20% drop in, in the number of people who are access diagnosis and treatment, and then the transmission will continue, and that will contribute to overall TB incidence and mortality. TB mortality for the first time increased to 1.5 million from the 1.4 million in 2019. The new mobile clinic supported by the Global Fund aims to close the gap in TB testing. It's reaching people like Weiser who struggle to get to clinics. If you don't know, like surely you can't take care, you can't take, uh, you can't protect people next to you from something that we don't know that you have, even if you're not showing any symptoms. So we just check them. After screening, uh, what we normally do, if we pick up that they have TB, we make sure that we trace the TB, like in families, friends, they all come and test. Governments are also learning from mistakes made during the coronavirus pandemic to improve treatment for illnesses that went neglected. In hindsight, we should have, when we're investigating for COVID, also investigated uh, for TB. But we have realized that we we rectifying our mistakes. We are rechallenging, uh, rechanneling our efforts now to integrate COVID activities with uh, primary health care activities, including TB services now. To ensure efforts like this can have the greatest impact, the Global Fund is appealing to the international community for $18 billion. It says the funding will correct setbacks caused by the pandemic and move the world closer to eliminating diseases like tuberculosis. Linda Giftash for VOA News, Johannesburg. Dr. Michelle Gassana is TB medical officer with the World Health Organization Regional Office for Africa. He shares some insights on tuberculosis and what is being done to combat the disease in the African region. Dr. Jean-Louis Abena, thank you so much for joining us today. Happy to be with you. Tuberculosis is one of the most infectious diseases in the world, which has been around for a long time. Help us understand TB and why does it remain a public health concern after so many years? TB is the acronym of tuberculosis, an ancient disease that is mainly um, manifesting by uh, chest and pulmonary uh, condition. And this is the most common form of tuberculosis and is one of the leading cause of death in uh, our region. So in each of our country, TB ranks among the first three uh, cause of, the, of death in, the, in, in our region. And uh, 10, 10 million of people are supposed to be ill, to feel ill with uh, tuberculosis, and 25% uh, are living in Africa. And uh, the mortality is of the overall people with tuberculosis is 36% in Africa. So we have a lot of TB. People are dying more of TB when they are in Africa. And only half of the persons that are supposed to have TB are diagnosed in Africa. So the coverage is very low. And this contributes to this high mortality. And the contributing factor of TB in Africa are 
HIV infection, malnutrition, alcohol abuse disorder, diabetes, they are the most important risk factors that are contributing to the TB epidemic in uh, Africa. And most of the results that we have in TB control in Africa are due to the good synergy of working with uh, HIV control. So we have tested a lot of people, we have put them in IIT, and we are also testing patients with TB and HIV, putting them in on ART. So Africa has, do, has done well in this domain. Yeah. So you mentioned ART, just to clarify, ART is antiretroviral. Antiretroviral drugs. So drug. we are testing people, we are putting them on antiretroviral drugs. So the level of their immunity increase and they are less prone to have tuberculosis as a complication of the HIV disease. Tuberculosis remains the main cause of death of people living with HIV in our continent. There are several diseases that uh, mirror TB in terms of the symptoms. How does a person know that he or she might be infected with TB? When someone feels ill, normally we should go to seek care at the right place. But the conditions that are recognized as TB are the short shortening of the breath, the chest pain, state of fatigue, and the long duration of this symptom. And they are sometimes mild. So if it's also combined with HIV, it can mimic many types of disease. So you can have spinal disorder, you can have even meningitis, and tuberculosis affect all parts of the body. But the most common form is that form that is contagious, that is this chest problem with the cough that is more than two weeks. It's mimicking COVID-19, which is the disease of the, the current time. But the length of the symptoms and also some factors that are contributing, like living in HIV, having poor nutrition or being prone to alcohol abuse, are more likely factor of having tuberculosis rather than COVID. But in this dual epidemic, the best thing to do is to seek care and people help us nurse to also check for the two conditions at all the time since the mode of contamination is the same. You mentioned COVID. How has coronavirus affected tuberculosis? COVID-19 has uh, really worsened the TB epidemics in uh, our region, especially in countries where the, the, the epidemic was very high, like South Africa, the southern and the eastern part of the Africa. So with the lockdown measure and other measure affecting the circulation of people, there were direct consequences to people that could not access TB health system to get their drug where if they were diagnosed with TB before the COVID or they can't be diagnosed of TB because of the stigma also related to COVID in our region. So the effect is very uh, dramatic in our region in terms of increased mortality decreased number of people identified and sometimes discontinuation of TB care of people that are affected. For example, in South Africa, the notification of um, drug-resistant TB patients have been divided by two. That does not mean that those patients did not have TB, but it couldn't be identified by the, 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 the health system due to this limitation of uh, access to care. But in some countries, they try to have a mitigation strategy that help to reduce the cost of the COVID or the pandemic. So community outreach, giving people more pills to complete their treatments, and even um, community-based treatment and diagnosis. This was uh, the synergy and the strategy that were put in place 
in order to mitigate the COVID pandemic in our regions. So what are some of the pressing needs right now in the fight against TB and how can they be addressed? So the most uh, prominent uh, thing that are lacking in TB control is the access to care. And access to care means decentralization of all TB services, diagnosis and treatment to all the population at point of contact of the health system. So that needs a lot of investment. For example, we have new diagnosis tools that are really in place and helping to diagnose more uh, TB cases in an uh, early stage of the disease. Those are molecular tools and this, this is opposed to old methods like microscopy. So the coverage of these new methods is only half of the needs of the, 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 the region. So we, we need the support for diagnostic uh, TB for decentralization. We need also to address other determinants of TB. I spoke before of HIV, that is a drug who is identified as a driver of the epidemic. HIV is well addressed, but there's nothing to address malnutrition, poverty, poor living condition, and also disorder uh, related to al alcohol abuse, and also even diabetes, that is also one of emerging problem in the health of uh, Af Africans. So we need to address it in a multi-sectoral way. So we need a multi-sector approach, and that needs to invest in TB. So with the COVID pandemic, we have, we have observed a decrease of the funding for tuberculosis. So the funding was diverted to address the, 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 the emergency of COVID-19. So we need to rethink and also call upon the leader to fulfill their promise to fill the gap of budgeting TB, financing TB in our region. And also domestic resources are needed in our country because 50% of the budget is supported by external donor. If we want to go to sustainability, we need to mobilize internal resources to address our health problem and tuberculosis is among one of the most urgent needs in uh, the course of uh, universal health coverage. It's one of the indicators of coverage of the population. One of the issues that has been mentioned many times in the treating TB is drug resistance. Part of the reasons is, as I understand, is the fact that patients do not finish the course of treatment. What can you say with regards to drug resistance? So drug resistance is a very big issue because we need to change the treatment and give more powerful and even more harmful drugs. I don't blame the patient. Maybe we are not doing the patient-centered approach. We need to deliver our health care and our health needs centered to the patient. We must accommodate the patient condition. So we have to take into consideration even the cost of transportation, even the cost of nutrition. So there are many factors that contribute to the loss of adherence to the, uh, to the treatment. So we need to have a patient-centered approach and to support the patient because blaming on the patient is a way of um, 
denying our responsibility as a health professional. So we need to be more empathic. If we are more motivated, the patient is going to emulate our motivation. So we need to put the, the, all the condition to, uh, that the patient is at ease to go to the course of a treatment that has a lot of pill to swallow. The burden of pill is a reality. And we need to encourage him to support him to provide even some meals and other supportive social measures in order to help for adherence. Poor performing national tuberculosis program are also the cause of drug resistance. Interrupted supply of tuberculosis drugs is also one big contributing factor for the emergence of drug resistance. So the responsibility is on both sides and also take care of the drug supply because the, the drug supply is also a, a problem. So we need budget for the state to secure a budget for the, the medicine. This is very critical. On the research level, maybe we need more uh, drugs, maybe newer drugs that will require less pills and will be easier to manage, perhaps. Yes, so there are a lot of new drugs, but not new drugs, but combination of drugs with the aim of reducing the length of the treatment and also the side effect. So we had also this during these three to four years observed and the emergence of the and or the validation of the new all oral treatment for drug resistance. This is a big step ahead. Before you need to have painful injection and you imagine the adherence will be very low and even the duration of the treatment is was very for one to two years. Now it's reduced to nine to six months now. Progress and new drugs are in the pipeline. Even for the ordinary TB that is not non-resistant, news are in the pipeline that we are going to reduce maybe to four months the treatment duration. And uh, we'll have a short treatment, four months instead of uh, six months. Are, this is the, the, the line of the, the, the progress. But we need more research. We need more funding. And finally, Dr. Jean-Louis Abena, what is the message for... The message of this year for World TB Day is uh, we, we all, as every year, we want to raise the awareness of the public and also our leader to invest more in TB. So we need more budget. And we, as the health system, we have also to improve the governance to make good use of each dollar that is invested in TB. Because since there was a shift of paradigm that we are not spending in TB, we are investing in TB because in TB, if you put the money, you will have the benefits because TB is curable. And that is my message, that if you give us the resources, we are going to deliver with the community, the, the, all the stakeholders, and also all the, the sector in charge of other determinants like uh, fight against poverty and fight against non-communicable disease like diabetes. We are going to reach the global objective of eliminating TB by the year 2013, as we set the objective. Dr. Jean-Louis Abena, thank you so much. We appreciate your time. Thank you very much. The World Food Programme is warning that the Horn of Africa region is facing its driest conditions since 1981 and that 4 million Somalis will struggle to find food if rains don't materialize in April. David Doyle has more. Tens of thousands now live on the outskirts of Bardeer, having fled the devastation wrought by Somalia's worst drought in more than four decades. Among them is 61-year-old Habiba Ma'au Iman. 
It hasn't rained on her farm in two years. Her crops have failed. Her animals are dead. She says she's been here for 158 days without food or shelter and that every day she goes to the town to knock on doors and beg so her children can eat. The Horn of Africa region is facing its driest condition since 1981, according to the UN's World Food Programme, after three consecutive rainy seasons failed. Most of those in need of help near Bader are women and children, said WFP country director El Khadir Daloum Mahmoud. The food security situation is so poor. Those people have lost everything behind them, that is livestock or agriculture, and they came completely in need of food, shelter, water, health care, everything they want. Much rests on the success of rains this year. If they don't materialize in April, the WFP says more than 4 million Somalis will struggle to find food. 1.4 million children under five could be acutely malnourished by the end of the year. But the signs are not promising. Global weather patterns indicate the rains are likely to fail again this year, according to the Famine Early Warning System Network, which warns that the region could be heading for its worst drought on record. That's all for this edition of Health Chat. For the latest news and coverage of the coronavirus pandemic, visit voenews.com. Thank you all for joining us and special thanks to all our affiliate stations throughout Africa for carrying Health Chat. I'm your host, Lenore Moudou in Washington, with producer Dan Brown. Until next time, take care, stay safe, and strive to make every day a healthy day.